Hello, and welcome to EDUCAST, steam powered by the School District of Altoona. EDUCAST is by educators for everyone and focuses on important educational topics. My name is Heidi Eliopoulos. I'm the superintendent for the School District of Altoona in Altoona, Wisconsin, and I'm the host of EDUCAST. This is episode 10 of EDUCAST, and today we'll discuss getting kids on campus as part of the work we do to have students college and or career ready at graduation. Today I'm joined by Steve Buss, the principal for the Altoona Middle School, and Kale Zyker, the principal of Altoona Intermediate School. Welcome Steve and Kale. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. All right, Kale, you have had a wide range of experience in education, working at three different age levels. Before we dig in, can you tell us a bit about your range of experiences you've had working in education and what you've observed in terms of similarities and differences with these ages of students? Of course. Um, I've always known I've wanted to work in education. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was my hero growing up and still is, and he was a public school educator for 30 plus years. Just, I'm a product of public education, went through the system, um, was really empowered by the system, had just some phenomenal, great role models growing up, and so I knew what I wanted to do at a very young age, and originally I thought that was going to be high school English teacher, just yeah. like my dad was, and I pursued that, um, loved it, did that for five years in Holman, Wisconsin, um, about the tail end of year three was the product of empowerment again from um, a couple of assistant principals in my district, a couple of head principals in my district to go into educational leadership. I knew I wanted to get my master's in something along, in, along those lines. And I went into that and completely just fell in love uh, with educational leadership and the philosophy behind it, the <laughs> philosophy behind it, the practice behind it. And so um, I you know, experience in elementary as a substitute teacher. I think if anyone listening is an educator right now, if you can have an opportunity or going into education, if you have an opportunity to sub, yeah. that really, really, really helps you. It gives you a wide range of experience. Um, it, as I taught high school, um, I also taught elementary summer school in the summer as well to just give myself a wider range of experience working with kids, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth grade, yeah. um, student taught in a middle school. Um, I first became a principal um, in a small district in southwest Wisconsin, where I served as a middle and a high school principal. So mm -hmm. I worked with kids um, grades 6 through 12, um, provided me, again, it was a wonderful experience. And here I am serving right now in a, in a wonderful area, in a wonderful district. And I love this niche of upper elementary, fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. Awesome. You asked about differences and similarities. Yeah, so yeah, I tend yeah. to get long on like That's the past. Okay. But, That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, I would say in my in my still relatively short time in education right now, I'd say the differences that I've noticed um, between those those age levels is how how to intervene with a different approach based mm -hmm. on developmental age level. So, intervening maybe on a, a similar issue looks different for for a nine year old than it did as a seventeen year old. Right. Um, that really tests your ability to explain things clearly and appropriately. Yeah. Um, sometimes you assume that you explain things to kids and it's clear and appropriate and um, that looks differently, like I said, for a nine-year-old to a 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say that I was, I was kind of reflecting on this educator control loosens as students get older. That's good in some ways, right, because we want to develop independence for kids. Yeah. But it can be also be detrimental at times because with loosening control tends to sometimes loosen how we measure proficiency and still continue to fill those gaps. Um, and I'd say similarities across my experiences 
um, no matter if they're four or five or 18 years old, kids all still look at us as role models. And it's a really powerful feeling, mm-hmm. one that has never gone away. They still look at all educators as role models. Um, and just in all the experiences I've had, we all want students to achieve at high levels. I think that's just common in education. Yeah, yeah. So having been in education for, gosh, 22 years now, I've seen so many changes with possibly the greatest changes occurring even in the most recent years. Steve, you've been in education even a few years longer than I have. Can you tell us about your experiences in education and what you've observed about the way education has changed over time? So you're saying I'm older. Is no, what you're saying. So <laughs> I did that not really say that. <laughs> first things first, I want to say over the years, a lot of things our kids haven't changed. Mm-hmm. What our kids still need from us as educators really hasn't changed. They need help. They need guidance. They need us to help them grow. Yeah. Now, the world around them has changed a lot. I would say one piece that's definitely changed living in the middle school world is technology. Sure. Technology and how students communicate with each other, communicate with the outside world. They receive, they, they learn information, they share information. has changed dramatically. Um, I can say that the internet didn't exist at some point in my yeah. life, so I can really have that conversation with kids, and they look at me like I'm super old. Mm-hmm. But they understand how that's changed. And with that comes some of the positive pieces and also some challenges as well. Right. So that's one piece from a kid perspective has definitely changed. I think we also see that uh, mental health has changed quite a bit also. Mm-hmm. I think in two pieces. One, I think the needs have definitely grown, and we can identify a bunch of different reasons why that may be the case. But also, I think it's being identified more. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'll say back 10, 15, 20 years ago, many of those mental health uh, challenges were probably still taking place, just not being identified yet. I think we've become more sophisticated as an education and a medical community to see some of those intervene earlier and help um, students and even adults alike as those things come up as well. Um, more tailored to what we're talking about today, too, is that college and career readiness. I think that I'll speak to when I was in school, was a couple years ago, it, there was a, a very clear delineation between what it was presented to go to college and yeah. what it was presented to do anything else or maybe go to a technical school. Mm-hmm. Those, were, those lanes were light years apart. They weren't really blended together. Now our focus today is getting our students both college and career ready. Yeah. So there is a pathway for all students. It's not just this pathway, but we have to make sure we prepare them for all those pathways so we don't narrow their focus. There was a time where, where in education you started to look at students and say, mm, you might be more a college material or mm, maybe you're more workforce material. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure in our role is to, prefer, is to provide them with all the skills they need to be successful in all of those areas yes. so their choices don't stop at you pick the grade level. They have to have that opportunity for them all the time until they graduate and then they start the real world. They start their actual journey. Yeah, right on, right on. So let's talk about that Uh, concept of college and career planning a little bit more. We've been placing a lot of emphasis on this work here in Altoona. We're deliberate in the work we've been doing to ensure our students have the knowledge, skills, experience, and confidence, which you alluded to, to follow those post-high school dreams, whatever those dreams might be. And some think this learning and planning takes place just in high school. But actually, we are starting earlier than that. Can each of you talk about the types of activities students engage in that get them thinking about their future careers at each of your levels? I can start. Sure. Sounds good. So <laughs> from <laughs> upper elementary, fourth and fifth grade, I think um, universal guidance teaching has been more, one of, yeah. one of, has been a focus in each of our classrooms, just on really career exploration, right? So actually, I was just um, in some of our guidance classes doing some just in a walkthrough and engaging with the kids. And um, it was really just identifying 
some things that they like to do and then finding that that area in the room that coincides with some professions. Um, I thought that was really cool. I think kids see that and they see on those postcards like what the education is, what some of the role is. And what it really allows, I think, is to have conversation with kids Mm -hmm. about what they perceive a career is and validating some of those perceptions, but then also intervening at times too and talking about, um, hey, you know what? A, a librarian goes to school for a long time and they're incredibly knowledgeable uh, instead of just the perception of all oh, that person reads books. So I think that's the way we can do that. I think we're also really intentional in fourth and fifth grade with uh, affirming students for things like um, really trying to build those habits, both like from an academic lens. So, you know, we, we really affirm students with their improvement, whether that's on a continuum of some of a continuum of summative assessments, whether that's on a district benchmark, a state test, um, really just affirming their improvement. I think also some of those um, just um, human habits, right? Like being punctual, coming to school, um, having socially appropriate behaviors. I think that it's it's never wasted when you take the time to intentionally empower kids for doing the right things and then growing from that. Yeah. And I'll say from the middle school lens, I think it, with our sixth and seventh grade students, we actually have some specific coursework where they actually get a chance. Oh, yeah. I'll use a name called Zello. Uh, the name of the program is kind of irrelevant, but what it does is it gives students at the very, very early foundations of doing a uh, skills inventory. Mm-hmm. What skills, what interests do I have? What careers as a sixth grader, as a seventh grader? What are areas that I'm very interested in? What careers and career clusters does that make me kind of look maybe more towards? But our teachers do a really good job of saying that's not just what happens today. In sixth grade, what you picked, you, you have that forever. That's not how that works. So that way in sixth and seventh grade, they can reaffirm those types of pieces. I know that continues at the high school as well. But also from our sixth and seventh grade students and eighth grade students, we have uh, a relationship through junior achievement. Yeah. And junior achievement really helps to go ahead and bring some of those skills for our kids. In sixth grade, they focus a lot on financial literacy, where the basic skills of, again, how to manage your money and also making those connections to a real world application. In seventh grade, we have the opportunity to bring in many different career uh, and businesses to our school here, where they get a chance to actually go from career to career, group to group, ask some specific questions of what do I need to do to be able to do your job, in their words. Um, Students, there's lots of uh, more technical things they'll need to learn, but what do I have to do to do your job? So they actually have the individuals who work in those businesses tell them from their story, "Here's, here's what I did, here's how I got here, here's what I love about my job, here's some challenges about my job. That just starts to spark the interest. Remember, this is a a seventh grade student. So they're not ready to say, here's what I want to do forever. Mm -hmm. They're interested in the the today. Eighth grade, we have the opportunity to take it one step further and actually go on job sites. So students get a chance to to pick between uh, two to three different careers, and they actually go to those places locally, um, 10 to 12 minutes away, so far as we have to drive. And students get to rank their careers that they want to go to. So they're actually getting somewhere that they have some vested interest now as an eighth grader to actually see on site, ask the same questions, but instead of having them come in our cafeteria and go table to table, they're actually in the presence of what's taking place. I mean, on the sites where they're welding, in, in the actual nursing care facilities. So they really are there seeing the actual environment of what's taking place and having those same conversations. So those are very important. Excellent, excellent. 
Uh, so for some of our students, when they start thinking about what career they would like to have one day, uh, that might require that they go to college or technical college or even get a industry-based certification. And once upon a time, we made the decisions about college readiness based solely on a student's ACT score. We use that test to tell us if a student would be able to take on the rigor of college-level work. Um, it's kind of mind-blowing looking back to think that we we sorted we sorted kids based on a single test they took on a single day. There's now research that neutralizes the high stakes an ACT score used to hold. Um, it still is an indicator of readiness for college level rigor, but it's one indicator. Unfortunately, research has provided us several other indicators as well, so a student can understand their own readiness for uh, for for college based on several dis different indicators. So it could be their overall GPA or their performance in a specific class like Algebra 2 or their ability to do dual credit courses while they're in, in school still. So we're seeing more and more colleges even aligning to this research instead of focusing only on ACT or SAT scores. So they might look at co-curriculars and GPA and the types of courses a student look uh, uh, took. Uh, increasing this range of indicators hopefully makes post-secondary options for students feel a little less intimidating if they are interested in a career that would require um, some sort of technical college or college degree. Both of you have college visit activities for students in your school at the intermediate and middle school levels. Can you talk about what students experience on these visits? I'll start, yeah, going from fourth and fifth. Um, so I would say for for, uh, for intermediate school feet on campus visits, um, it's not every single student. Um, we take about, we, we, we try to get about um, 30 to 40 kids. Um, we, we do try to target a population of students who may not have that experience just mm -hmm. naturally or may not have access to that option. Um, or even like first generation. First generation, exactly, sure, yep, sure. first generation. Um, the focus is just getting their, their feet on a campus to experience college and to really see themselves there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it, Heidi, you know, just sometimes perspective of college is, is so narrow for some of our students, and that's not their fault. That's, that's what they might know from a variety of sources. Mm -hmm. um, but we really want to be able to have them be able to see themselves there and see the people on those campuses and imagining themselves being having that be an option for them we were really intentional too with saying to our students who go on these visits going on this visit doesn't mean you have to go to college or this college but we really want to give you as many opportunities as possible to see yourselves in as many different lights as possible we want you to be versatile like we yeah. want you to have a diversity a, to diversify your experiences, and this is a way that we can do that. Um, we utilize pre-perception and post-perception surveys with this too, and those are about eight to nine questions really geared at um, questions um, spanning how those students currently feel about college, what their knowledge is about college, what they think college life is like, how do students pay for college. I could see myself at a college, so we do that before they go, and then we do that after they go too, and our data... Um, so far this year for every single kid has has increased with that so mm -hmm. they've they've increased their perception of their own self-worth for that um at the end of the day we just want our students to see themselves in as many different paths as possible yeah 
I'll say from the middle school aspect, uh, I think it's getting on, on both campuses, whether it be the UW-Eau Claire and CVTC, a chance for all students to be able to see, kind of like Kayla's saying, what it's like. Mm-hmm. Just the basic perspective, because many of our students has not, not had that ability to actually be on a campus unless they were walking through, going from a social event or something like that. But they're actually hearing firsthand from college students or others what's taking place. And uh, I'll speak more to CVTC because it's actually more individualized okay. for our visits there because students get a chance to pick the specific pathway that they, what career uh, pathway they want to go. So they get to go into the specific areas of CVTC and see that specific area. I think if you, um, through social media, through our Facebook page, for example, some of the pictures actually seeing the students in the actual specific areas where the CVT students learn. It's not just a, a, a regular classroom, for example, which in some cases, if you go to UBO Claire, that's what it looks like. It's not, not a negative. That's what that campus offers in certain pieces. Mm-hmm. Whereas CVTC is a little bit more specific and more hands-on in some of the areas that they have right there. So to have the students pick the career path that they want to learn specifically more about, and then we, should, we would send about 15 to 20 students at a time in, in different uh, times of the week, different times of the year. And they get a chance to get that firsthand experience there. It's been pretty powerful. So in other words, you mentioned some of the classes and you mentioned Zello. So if a student participates in those activities and gets them thinking, gosh, I, I might want a career doing something in healthcare, then they might have the option to look specifically at the healthcare department at CVTC. Yes. And actually it was interesting. I didn't get a chance to go, but actually to, <laughs> to see the pictures when they came back, they're literally in uh, one of the areas was um, uh, emergency me- uh, medical s- system, the firefighters, the yeah. EMTs. They're actually there with the mannequins. Actually, there they have to actually get dressed as a firefighter, go, go through the same specifics they have in the actual gear they have. Those are actually the training simulators. Yeah. This isn't just something fun for students to come see. This is exactly what college students would touch and actually do to prove that they have the knowledge to do those skills too. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. So what are you guys hearing from the students when they go through this type of experience? Kale, you'd mentioned your your feedback and the increasing of self-perception. In general, how are the students responding to these opportunities? I would have loved this. I might not have ended up as a teacher, which would have been too bad for me, but how amazing for them. What are you hearing from them? I'd say from us, it's it's just that I think we do a good job as teachers setting the stage for what's this experience about for our students. The mind of a middle school student, I totally get it. We're not just there about talking about what they had for lunch and and about some of the other things that are there is we're here for a specific focus is to help you to go ahead and make better decisions for what the future looks like and to maybe um, wave some misconceptions about what certain occupations may be or learn about something you never heard of before. So the vast majority of the conversations afterwards that we're talking with students is the the event was very meaningful for them because. And the because varies. I mean, it's going to vary from specific students for, again, from either that validated what they wanted to do or that is exactly what I don't want to do Mm -hmm. anymore because I learned Mm -hmm. more pieces about that. Many of them have never been to some of the, I'll speak with our eighth graders in particular, to actually go to the site where some of these things happen. They they think this is what I'm going to do in in this career field, but they don't understand that could bridge out into 14, I mean, 20 different things they could actually be doing. So to hear those things is really important. I think it also is interesting the, the further questions they have. They learn more there and they come back with, not in a negative way, but come back with more questions than they went with because now that, that spark has been added and a little more fuel to the fire of, I want to learn more about that. Yeah. So hopefully as they continue to high school, that they focus on those questions that they had to help motivate them to what career path they want. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And, uh, in fourth and fifth grade, we talk a little bit more about lunch, Mr. Bus, but that's okay. <laughs> we talk a little bit more about. Oh, the we talk about it too. I know. <laughs> <all> <laughs> <eating> <laughs> buffet. Um, but ki- kids have loved it. Um, our staff has loved it. Um, our families have loved it. Um, 
it's really powerful to see it's really powerful to see when a child is expanding their perspective and i think that's been that's been an opportunity this year for us to see that like really just live and in person um and again like i mentioned before for a variety of reasons and experiences um kids perceive college how how they perceive it and some of them perceive it vastly differently than someone else um but to really see them really hone in on what on their perspective and really understand it. oh this is what college is like it's not just people walking around in suits taking tests right and yeah. um it's um it's people wearing comfortable clothes it's people having conversations it's people doing work independently it's people yes. working together um it's it's people from the area where i am from you know we do we have students from the college who serve on panels when our kids come and there's about four to five kids that are on, are on a panel and our kids have uh, questions that they've um, developed beforehand and we ask them those questions and I think that's powerful too for 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 our kids to see people who are in their 20s who live where they live and come from the area that they come from and are are living and breathing what it means to uh, have this career in this field. Yeah. Excellent. So these college visits are somewhat early in a student's uh, school career, their 4K-12 school career. By facilitating these early college visits or by engaging students in early career planning, or actually both it sounds like, if we consider the overall duration of a student's educational career and them having these experiences early on, Overall, what is your hope for our students? What do you uh, want for them in the long run for them in their futures? I'd say I want I want every student to feel it's possible. Yeah. Whatever it is, whether it be you know, whatever type of a of a campus, whatever type of certification, whatever that is, because we know that that our students will have a more successful, more fulfilling life if it's not just squarely in the workforce. Um, we have the whether it's, whether it's a license, whether it's certification, whether it's, I mean, doctors, doctor's degrees, whether it's, those types of trainings are gonna happen. And our students need to know that whatever that is, is possible for them. And open their eyes to opportunities maybe they've never even heard of before. Yeah. So that way they feel that that next step, I mean, from, from us from middle school, it's going to high school, is they can start to think about specific courses that our high school offers that's gonna be advantageous for them for what they think their next step may be. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. We know early intervention is key mm-hmm. in anything. I think this is an opportunity for us to to intervene early so that students can see themselves and like I talked about earlier in as many different lights as possible. As as much as we are trying as much as we try to be intentional and in not pigeonholing students in education, sometimes it naturally happens. Mm-hmm. And some of that some of that pigeonholing is, is out of our control. We, like I said, we try to be as intentional as we can, but for a variety of reasons. Um, that students may experience outside of our school, they may develop a stereotype of themselves that is not really in their favor. Right. And so I think this is an opportunity, um, as I talked about earlier, to really intentionally empower them and have those private conversations with them on this visit, not so that they have to go to college, but that, hey, you can do this. As Steve said, this is an opportunity for you and this is possible. And this this opens doors, right? Mm-hmm. We want to give ourselves as many open doors as possible in life and we don't want to start that process of looking into that at 18. Let's start it right now when we're 9 and 10. Right, absolutely. So while we're talking about college planning and career planning, we're really 
uh, trying to set students up for high quality of life where they can um, have as many doors open and whatever their dream is for their future that they feel confident pursuing it, um, that they have an idea of what they might want to do and are prepared to be successful doing it so that they have options once they graduate from high school. So what a gift you both give to our students. Thank you for that. Uh, today we've been discussing college exploration activities at the middle and intermediate school levels. Thank you to our guests on Educast, Steve Buss and Kale Zyker, principals here in the School District of Altoona. I appreciate you both taking the time with me today and for helping us understand the student experience related to college exploration. Thank you for joining us. Thank Thanks. Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Proc, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Randy tells me the goal he has for the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Well, we want to keep growing, uh, and we are. It's uh, our our model is quite progressive compared to a lot of the others, uh, mainly because our cremation society is statewide and not just a local thing. You know, we go all over the state, all seventy-two counties. <laughs>